we're actually going to talk about a, a story that most people will be like, well, you're going to talk about that in a series called First Fruits, in a series that's going to be really about giving. Just to be honest, let me tell you right now, uh, we're talking about giving. Now, I'm not just talking about giving your money. You just did that, I hope, and uh, you gave what the Lord laid upon your heart. I'm not here to tell you, hey, there's rules that you have to follow. I, I don't believe that. Um, I believe that the tithe is a good starting point. It's somewhere that you have to get to. It's somewhere, it, it's a baseline kind of thing. Um, some people don't have 10% faith. I understand that. But this, this new age thing of, hey, you can give your money wherever you want, that's not what my Bible says. That's not what your Bible says either if you'll read it. it. It says to bring the tithe into the storehouse. So, hey, if you give money out on the street, that's great. But you don't get to chalk that up like, hey, I gave my tithe. That's not it. If you give to parachurch organizations, that's great. Again, you don't get to chalk that up as that's my tithe. Uh, because you don't go to McDonald's and eat and go to Burger King and pay for it. Right? You pay where you eat. So, um, just, so the next three weeks, we're really going to talk about uh, giving our resources. Not just money, but our time and our talents. You know, those are equally as important. Oftentimes, we, we get confused. We think, well, I, I've given my tithe. Um, Peyton and Weston, do you guys want to go back with Miss Kim? Cannon will take you back to Miss Kim. And Ross can. All right. I mean, you're welcome to stay, but we'll take your piggy bank, too. Uh, but um, the, the thing is, we, we say we give our money and, hey, we're done. But that's not what God intended, right? God intended for us to give of our talents, give of our time, uh, give of our tithe, our money, yes. But he, he wants it all. He doesn't just want part of it. I often think, you know, we go to work, uh, maybe you work a 40-hour-a-week job. Right? You give God uh, one hour a week and you think you've done something for him. Well, the fact is if you can give your employer 40 hours a week, why can't you give God four? You say, well, there's not four hours worth of stuff here to do. Come on over. We'll help you figure it out. We'll, we'll show you. But we're going to talk about Cain and Abel this morning because I, I believe in the principle of first mention. Let me explain what that is. First mention is a principle that you, you study in theology and it's the first time something's mentioned in the Bible is where you can go to and get the context of what it really meant. Okay, so the, the word first is actually used 11 different times up until this point in the book of Genesis. 11 times it's used, and we're talking about the first sin, we've got the first murder, we've got the first man, the first woman, right? We've got all the first, but we're also going to have the first gifts. Now, you didn't hear me say the first tithe, See, there's a difference in tithe and offering, okay? There's a difference in that. This is way before the law. So here, here is Cain and Abel, and they're coming to bring God an offering. So the Bible says this. I'm going to read it off the screen. It says, the man was intimate with his wife, Eve. Now, I hope everyone, we don't have to go back to biology and explain that one, do we? No? We got some younger kids in here they don't need to know, right? Right, Val? I, know, I see you looking at me. Uh, the man was intimate with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have had a male child with the Lord's help. She also gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now, Abel became a shepherd of the flocks, but Cain worked the ground. Just want to throw this out there. 
you realize Cain and Abel were probably twins? Kind of interesting, huh? Probably twins, and if you start searching twins throughout the Bible, you're going to find that all the sets of twins, there were some issues. Right? <laughs> Dina saying, amen. Amen. She, she, she got some at home. So, uh, In the course of time, Cain presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the, to the Lord. And Abel also presented an offering, some of the firstborn of his flock and their fat portions. The Lord had, had regard for Abel and his offering, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he looked despondent. His face obviously needed repentance. Um, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious, and why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, where is your brother Abel? I don't know. He replied, am I my brother's guardian? Or in the King James, am I my brother's keeper? Then he said, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. So now you are cursed, alienated from the ground that opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood you have shed. If you work the ground, it will never again give you its yield. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. We understand. what it, You keep going. You know the story. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you, Father, for a church that cares about people. God, I thank you for the, just, just the presentation, Father, just the people who showed Alex and Brenda, hey, we're praying for you. They came up and, Father, uh, prayed for them, and God, I believe that they'll continue to pray for them. God, I pray that you'll bind us together, not just because of Alex and Brenda's giant in their life, but, God, because of giants that we all face every day. God, I pray that we'd be bound together as a church body, God, that we'll understand that, Father, we need each other. We just can't cut a foot off or a hand. God, I pray right now, Father, that you'll hide me behind your cross. God, I pray that you'll use this series, Father, to change our lives. God, we're not looking for the bottom line to change. God, we're looking for our lives to change. God, we understand that you own everything anyways, and God, where you lead, you'll provide. But, Father, you choose to do it through your people. So, God, I pray right now that you'll speak to our hearts, and, God, that you'll soften our grips. Again, Father, use this preacher, Father, as your tool today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to read one more verse for you. It's on your, it's on your notes, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7. It says, each person should do as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or out of compulsion, since God loves... What was that, the last two words? This side's got it right here, the front. Last two words. Hey, we can do this all day. I don't mind. I can stay right here. Um, cheerful giver. Now, I want you to back up in Genesis because you're going to find two words that are uh, probably highlighted or underlined in your notes. It's called, the, in verse 3, it begins, in the course of time. Now, oftentimes we just read right over that, don't we? We just say, well, in the course of time, as time passed, Cain decided that he would go ahead and give God an offering. After all, no doubt, he was probably raised up watching this practice. He was probably raised up listening to Adam and Eve talk about how they walked with God, how things were great, and how sin 
crept in and they messed it up. But how God still loved them, how God clothed them, how God helped them, how everything they had, God provided for them. So Cain and Abel, no doubt, probably knew God. They knew what was coming, but then those words jump in. In the course of time. We think, well, as they grew older, right, they just decided they would give an offering. They would do as their dad said. But no, I don't believe so. In the course of time, if you'll study that phrase and you'll go back in the Hebrew and the Greek and just kind of try to figure out what they meant. In the course of time gives us a picture of Cain as he farmed stuff. Everything was going. The crop was growing. He was bringing things in. And then he decided, hey, you know what? Maybe I should go ahead and just give God a little bit. See, in the course of time, we find that Cain was not giving God his first fruits. He decided that, hey, I'd already taken in a full barn, and maybe I should go ahead and give God a little bit. I should go ahead and do this for God because it's a religion. It's rules. This is what I'm supposed to do. Mom and Dad showed me this is what I'm supposed to do. I had a conversation yesterday with Dina's mom, actually, and we, we began to talk about tithing, of all things, right? People want to talk to the preachers about tithing. And she said, I just don't believe in that. And I said, well, that's okay. You ain't got to believe in it, but the Bible says it. And so we began to talk. She said, but people tell me this is what I have to do. And this, I said, well, that's not what I'm telling you. Because if I give you rules before you get in a relationship, it'll breed rebellion every time. Every time we get people where they get saved and then we start giving them rules. Hey, you're supposed to give us 10%. Hey, you're supposed to do this and this. Before they ever get a relationship, God wants you to have a relationship with him first, and then the rules will come after that, and they won't be so bad. But Cain, in the course of time, because the rules had been laid out for him, he knew what was supposed to happen. So not in a cheerful manner, right? That's 2 Corinthians tells us if to be a cheerful giver, if you're a despondent giver, if you're a furious giver, if you're giving out of just ritual and routine, you're better off to keep it. I mean, I'm just telling you, you say, well, preacher, I just gave because I do it, da-da-da-da-da. And, you know, you're telling me I should keep it. I'll try to get Jenna to give you your check back, but I bet you she won't give it to you. Okay? But the Bible says to be a cheerful giver, to give cheerfully. Now, we could get in that argument about, okay, well, this is after Jesus came, and is it grace giving or is it tithe? I don't, we'll, we'll argue that one later, okay? For the sake of this, I want you to understand that Cain did this out of rules. Cain did this in the course of time, shows us that he was doing it because this is what was expected of him. That's why for a while we changed up the offering thing, right? We put buckets out or boxes out or baskets out to get up and break that ritual and routine to get people used to kind of getting up and carrying it to God and saying, hey, this is yours. It's not ritual. It's not, oh, here comes the basket. Let me get it ready. Right? We wanted people to get out of the mindset of, hey, this is the rule. If we come to church, we're supposed to give God this much money. Listen, God doesn't need your money. God desires to use you. And when you give God your money, he can use you. And when you give him your money openly, cheerfully, he can use you even better. Now listen, the Bible tells us about all kinds of things God's used. God used a mule. So if he used a mule, he could use you. But understand, his desire is to use you cheerfully. Cain, though, had three things, three important things that I want us to look at uh, very quickly for the sake of time. That as he gave, 
these three things popped up because he wasn't doing it cheerfully. He, he wasn't doing it because, hey, he was excited to do it. In verse 1, it says, we go on, there was a man who was intimate with his wife, Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. She said, I have a, had a male child with the Lord's help. So also, she also gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel became a shepherd of the flocks, and Cain worked the ground. In the course of time, presented some of the land's produce as an offering to the Lord. In the course of time, I believe that Cain is characterized by an unbelieving heart. Have you ever sat in church? Let, let's, have you ever sat in church? Maybe you guys didn't. Maybe you're all you know, a whole lot better than I am. But have you ever sat in church and you just listen to people? And the whole time you're listening and you're thinking, I believe in anything they're saying. But you kind of go with the flow for a while. Jefferson, you've been there? You ever done that? You kind, you're listening to them. And then you're like, I'm just going to go with the flow because I don't want to rock the boat. But you ain't believing anything they said. Guys, I sat in church for 30 years, on and off. I listened to people talk about Jesus. I listened to people say they prayed over people. I listened to all that stuff. And the whole time, I'm thinking, you guys are a bunch of idiots. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to be real if that upsets you, that I use the word idiot in church. Stick around. It'll get worse. I used to think, you're a bunch of idiots. But I'm going to do some of this because... I don't want to upset the boat, right? When the, the, the plate came by, I'd throw some money in it. When the Lord's Supper came by, I drank the juice. You did what? Some of you done it too. See, I, I did some of the ritual and routines, not because I believed in any of it, but because I was sitting there and it was expected out of me. We helped plant a church. I didn't get saved until three years after we planted the church. I'd go with the, I drove the pastor. He, he was one of my best friends. We, I helped serve the Lord's Supper. I helped take up the offering. The whole time not believing anything that they were saying. See, Cain had an unbelieving heart because in the course of time, we find... Had it, had it been something else, I believe Moses would have written by inspiration of God that, hey, when the, when the harvest came in, Cain carried it to the Lord. But he didn't. He used that word in the course of time. As everything fulfilled itself, oh, yeah, I better do this too. How many of you guys do that with the Lord in the course of time? I'm going to pick, it, pick with Carp because he's not here. And I think everyone who knows Carp probably knows the story. And uh, Carp will watch this message, so if he doesn't like it, he'll tell me. But Carp told me on a Wednesday night, Miss Lee, I think maybe you might have been there with us and Miss Ann, we were still in the fellowship hall. Miss Laura, we were meeting in the fellowship hall. And Carp would sit at that front table off to the left, him, and uh, he kind of come in, and that was it. that's where he was going to sit. And we were talking about tithing or something, and he told a story about he went to a Sunday school convention. And there was a little old lady at the Sunday school convention, which is funny to hear Carp say there was a little old lady. Anyways, he was a lot younger back then. Uh, but he said there was a little old lady at the Sunday school convention that began to talk to him and share with him what she does as far as her tithe is concerned. 
that she knows she's going to make X number of dollars a month. And what she does on the first of the month is she goes ahead and writes out that check and puts it in. And Carp said, you know what, for 53 years, let's say, because I'm, I'm not sure when he went to the Sunday school convention. The church has been here 56 years, but let's say 53 years. He said, her advice. I knew what I was making. I just wrote out a check and put it in there. He said, well, and routine. No, that becomes intentional. See, Carp wanted to be intentional about making sure God got his first fruit. Cain was unintentional about it. Cain said, well, in the course of time, yeah, I better go ahead and give this to God because people are watching me. People want to make sure that I do it. You ever met someone who wants to tell you how much they give all the time? Listen, I, I've met people. I've had people tell me as a, as a preacher, did you know I gave such and such? You know this building's here because I gave money. And I say, well, thanks. What do you want me to do for you? See, they get into the ritual and routine of giving. And they want everyone to pat them on the back. Cain was characterized by an unbelieving heart because it was in the course of time. It wasn't something set out intentionally sure he took care of. What about you guys? How do you do it? I know there's that whole argument about, well, do we do the net or the gross? Right? You want me to help you? The gross. Well, what do you mean by that? It's the gross because you may get a tax refund, right? Well, what do we, what do, we do with that? Do we, re, do we tithe on that? Yes. Well, why? Because it's the first fruit. It's an increase. It's an increase. Why do we do that? Because we're not characterized by unbelieving hearts. We're characterized by believing hearts. Now, you can choose to be just like Cain if you want to. But we should be characterized by believing hearts. Hey, sometimes faith is blind and it needs to be because if we knew what was coming, we wouldn't do it. Sometimes it has to be blind. When we were in the Keys, I can remember getting ready to go to service and I was supposed to preach that morning. And we had three babies at the time. All three of them were still in diapers. And uh, Joyce says, she looked at me and all three wore the same size diaper. I mean, so uh, Rawson was a little bitty thing. Cannon was little too, and then Ryland was not little. So um, <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. Um, but I'm walking out the door, right? She's got all three of them ready to go, and she's holding Ryland. Cannon, believe it or not, used to be a little bitty thing. His cheeks were bigger than he was. But he's a little bitty thing, and Ryland's all, or Rawson's all ready to go. And uh, this is back when we wore suits and ties. And so Rawson had black pants on, a red shirt on, a tie on, and a vest. He was something with his cowboy boots. But nonetheless, I'm walking out the door, and Joy says, hey, honey, we only have one diaper. I'm thinking, I'm going to preach. You in the nursery, I'm fine. She said, what do you mean? I said, well, if we only have one diaper, you better make sure you only have to change one. Right? I mean, no, no, we don't have any more diapers at all. And I'm like, oh, well, that's a problem. And then she said, and by the way, by the way, that's nice. By the way, the insurance is due tomorrow. Okay, well, we'll just pay it. Well, we ain't got no money. Okay, that's kind of a problem too. Now, all this before I get ready to preach, you know, that's when everyone wants to talk to the preacher. 
right before they get ready to preach, they want to drop it on them, try to mess it all up, right? Um, but I said, okay, well, you know, we're just going to figure it out, honey. We're going to go do what we got to do. And she said, well, you know, I've got 20 bucks. And I'm like, well, then we got some money. She's like, yeah, but I'm supposed to give that in the offering. Now, let me just be honest with you. There was a point of confliction for me right then. Because I got three babies who need diapers. 20 bucks wasn't going to cover the insurance. I wasn't worried about that. But there's a point of confliction. I said, well, honey, I guess you need to do whatever you think is right. And I walked out the door. That was good for me, right? Gone. She put the money in the offering plate because that was the right thing to do. I preached. We had... We were blessed that day. There were people that came up and gave us stuff and whatever. Uh, but it was the trust in God that he had brought us through all this other stuff that made us realize that, hey, we could just do it. Joy wrote 10 bad checks to the United States government. Now, not to the local grocery store, to the government. When we got our passports, you have to write two checks per every passport. And so she did all that. It was a chaos, right? Three babies in the post office we're trying to get passports and she she does all this we get back in the van we're leaving and I looked over she driving I looked over at her and I said you know you just wrote 10 bad checks to the United States government she said what do you mean I said we ain't got a penny in the bank account now if you know my wife she started freaking out what am I gonna do I said well you're gonna go do some hard time is what you're gonna do and she said, no, really, what am I going to do? I said, no, really, you're going to jail. She said, okay, quit being silly. What am I going to do? I said, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, but God led us there to do it. We wrote checks, and now we just got to hope we make some money before the checks hit the bank. One mile, the post office was from the church, one mile. We're driving down. We got stopped at a stoplight. We have this conversation. She starts off again. My phone rings. I answered the phone. It was Lime Tree Bay Resort. I'd given them a bid nine months before that to build some lawn furniture for them. And they wanted to know if I still wanted to do it because they'd had my check laying on their desk for months. Faith. Faith. Because let me tell you, had I could have seen the future, I probably wouldn't have done some of the things I did. Cain got into the ritual and routine of making sure that his parents were happy, making sure that no one looked bad at him. And that's why he gave. He didn't give out of faith. He gave out of an unbelieving heart. Number two, Cain's characterized by an unrepentant heart. When the offering comes and everything's going, verse 5, it's harder to read up here than you think, especially without glasses, right? No, I can find them. They're on my desk. I just didn't get them. Thank you, Ronnie. Uh, but he did not have regard for Cain and his offering. Cain was furious, and he looked despondent. And then the Lord said to Cain, why are you furious, and why do you look despondent? If you do what is right, won't you be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at the door. It's desires for you, and you must rule over it. He could have said, Lord, I'm sorry, I should have done better. 
None of that was included there. You said, well, maybe he did. Well, I think God would have included it. What do you think? He wasn't repentant over the fact that he didn't give God what he was supposed to give him. He might have been actually a little bit more furious over the fact that, hey, I gave God something and he looked at it and snubbed it. Hey, don't you know that that dollar I gave was a big deal? When you got $200 in your pocket. Cain was unrepentant of the fact that he wasn't giving to God cheerfully. Cain was furious at the fact that God had no regard for his offering. And he allowed his furious to be, you, you can be angry, did you know that? The Bible says be angry and sin not. That's hard to do. I'm just, it's hard to do. But so you can be angry. But Cain allowed his anger, his despondency, his furiousness to sin, to create a problem for him. Instead of saying, hey, you know what? I was wrong. I should have done better. God, you know what? I didn't think of you first. I did all this other stuff, and I gave you what was left. I'm sorry. Did you know it's okay to ask for forgiveness when you haven't been giving the right way? And just so you know, we're not going to send you a bill and say, hey, you owe us this much money. Some of you laugh, but hey, there's some churches like that. I could name you a couple religions real quick if you'd like. But I won't to save the guilty. You can stop and repent and say, you know what, God, I'm sorry. I should have given you the first. I didn't. And I, I am so sorry that I didn't. But here's the kicker. With repentance, it's not just apologizing and turning, but it's doing better the next time. See, you can't tell me that, hey, I've repented of bad giving, and then next Sunday come around and you do it again. I've repented of not giving God my first fruits, not serving, and then next week comes around, we need people to serve, and you don't show up again. See, Cain had an unrepentant heart, and we know what happened. How many Christians do you think have the same problem? See, I don't hear a whole lot of amens going on, and I didn't intend to because no one likes to hear about money. And I've been, I've been urged and prodded and pushed for the last year and a half. Preacher, you got to talk about tithing. you got to talk about money. And I kept saying, nope, 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 nope. God will take care of it. God pushed and prodded. I said, okay. See, it's not one of those fun things. It's kind of like talking about hell. People don't like to hear the reality of hell, but people don't like the reality that if you're not giving to God, God's going to get it his way. Listen, God's going to get his one way or the other. You may not like how it comes, but he's going to get it. He's going to get it. Cain had the opportunity, I believe, even at the disregard of his offering, Cain could have repented. I believe this about Judas, too. Cain could have repented and gotten right. You say, well, then we wouldn't have the story of Cain and Abel. You're right. We may have other stories. Cain could have repented. And his life would have turned out differently. What about you? 
See, I know people who struggle financially, and they struggle financially partly because they just struggle, right? I mean, it's just what it is. It's, it's part of life. But I know other people who struggle financially who struggle because they're not giving God his, and he's getting it anyways. You say, wait, well, I never seem to have any money. It's always gone. Listen, I never seem not to have any. Just to be real. Now, I'm not bragging, but if you want to see my giving record, Jen will be happy to print it for you. You know what I make. I'm not bragging about it. I do it to show you as an example, right? If you'll give God what's his, I promise you, you'll never have to worry about stuff. You just won't have to worry about it. And I can't tell you where it comes from sometimes. It just shows up. Hey, Christmas, we, we, we were down here in the apartment, and so I came home a couple days before Christmas, and it was tight. I mean, it was just tight. And Joy and I were talking, and we have seven kids, for those of you who don't know. So Christmas for us, even if you spend, you know, 50 bucks a kid, is still expensive, right? And so we didn't want our kids, now we don't go stupid crazy, but they get some stuff. But we didn't know how Christmas was going to happen. We just didn't know how it was coming this year. We had waited on some things that we thought were going to come, and they didn't. We just didn't know how Christmas was coming. I pulled in. Here's this older couple. I, I have no idea. I couldn't tell you who they are today. They shared their name, but it was like Bill and Jan, right? I, instantly, I'm thinking, those are fake, but... They, they just began to talk to me, and the whole time, my, my mind is running, thinking, who are you, and how do you know me, right? And the man looked at me, he said, we've been praying for you, and the Lord put this on our heart. And he reached in his pocket, pulled out gift cards, and he handed them to me, and he said, God told us to get these for you. Here's $1,000 in Walmart gift cards. Now listen to me. Could God do that even if I wasn't giving? I promise you he could. He could do whatever he wants. But is God more faithful because I am giving? See, I believe that Malachi 3.10, and you can take out the tithe part. You can put whatever part you want in there. But I believe that when we give faithfully, when we give cheerfully, the Lord will open the windows of heaven. We've never, ever, there have been times that we're like, how are we going to do this? But we've never gone without. Because when I first got saved, I can remember asking someone, what do I do? If I, pay, if I give God his money, I'm not going to have enough money to pay the rent. And they said, give God his money anyways. And you know what? It got paid. So I'm just telling you guys that whether you do it cheerfully which you better, because if you don't want to be cheerful, don't do it. But if you've not been doing it the right way, you have an opportunity to back up. Lord, I am sorry. I'm going to do it the right way. Repent and start doing it. You say, well, if I start giving God, if I make $500 a week and I give God 50 bucks, but I'm only bringing home 380 bucks, that means I only have 330 bucks left, and you know, at the end of the week, I usually only have like five bucks to my name, so now I'm not going to have enough money. How's all this? I don't know. But he'll work it out. 
Listen, I don't like numbers. I don't even preach in the book. Some of you guys will get that at 3 o'clock in the morning. But I'm just telling you, God's math is different than yours. Somehow when he carries the one, it turns into a seven. I don't know, but it works. You don't believe me? Go to some of these saints that have been doing this for a long time. Go to them and ask them. Hey, have you ever struggled? Hey, have you ever been tight? And they're faithful. They're going to tell yeah, we've had tight times, but, but, but God. But God. Number three, if you want to be just like Cain, you can do this too. You can be characterized by an ungodly heart. Who wants to be characterized by an ungodly heart? Raise your hand. Yeah, I didn't think anyone would raise their hand. Although God knows your heart, so he already knows. See, when the offering time comes around, when things come around, you're like, all they do is talk about money. All they do is ask for this. All they do is this. Don't they know I have other things? Listen, you don't come to church on Sunday. You are the church. It aggravates me because you all leave. And that's okay. But you don't get to quit being the church. You're not a Christian on Sunday. You are a Christian all day long, all week long. We should walk and talk it. We should live it. Someone, come, Hey, the most feared topic in a Baptist church is tithing. Do you know that's the one topic only in the Baptist church, might I tell you, the Baptist church, not a bunch of other churches. That's the one topic that is supposedly off limits. Well, the Bible says not to let, let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. It does, but that's not what he's talking about. How many of you would be game to have your tithing record printed and put out there on the bulletin board? A couple of you. Most of you would be furious. You know, if you were part of the church of God, you wouldn't have to worry about it because when you'd walked in, they'd have it printed on the, on the bulletin board. Do you know why? Do you do, they get more money? Hopefully not, but it could be. Do you know why, though, honestly? Because I'm supposed to help Ryan carry his burdens. I'm supposed to do life with Ryan and help Ryan. And you know what? If Ryan's got a drinking problem, I can help him because he's open. I can talk to him about that. You know what? If Ryan's smoking, I can help him. You know what? If Ryan and Dina got marriage problems, I can help that. But you know what? If Ryan's not giving, I don't know that because I'm not supposed to look at his tithing record. Do you know that's the one thing in your life that can wreck everything else? More marriages are destroyed over financial issues than anything else. You know what? I can fix your marriage problem. Start giving to God. You ain't going to have a financial problem then. You know what? Oh, I don't communicate well. That's okay. Start giving to God, and we'll work on your communication. It can be fixed. Have a godly heart about things. Verses 8 through 10, Brother Ron. Thank you. Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out. Now listen. Cain already knew what was coming. This is not the second sin in the Bible that we, we like to say, oh, the murder's the second big sin in the Bible. No, it's the third. The second sin was that Cain gave to God uncheerfully. Cain did not give God his first fruit. You say, well, is that a sin? You better believe it. Here's the third one, though. Hey, let's go out to the field, buddy. I, I might have some corn out there, and I think one of your pigs got out. Back then, they probably still had pigs. 
I'm just telling you. Okay? The law wasn't there yet. They might have had pigs, turkeys, chickens. They're Baptists, so they probably had chicken. Hey, let's go out to the field. And while they were there, while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Doesn't sound very godly to me. Then the Lord said to Cain, where's your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's guardian? Well, you're the oldest, so yes. Then he said, what have you done? Your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Everything he did was not godly. People say, well, how did he kill him? It doesn't matter. He did it. Well, did he, did he put up a fight? I don't know. It doesn't tell me. What it tells me is that he was mad because he sinned already. And instead of being repentant about it, he let sin keep going. And did you know that sin will take you further than you've ever wanted to go and keep you longer than you've ever wanted to stay? And you say, well, it's just money. What are you talking about? It starts with money. I told you most marriages wreck over financial issues. They start with money. But it's the affair. It's the whatever. It's the emotional affairs that happen. Why? Because we quit talking about some of the other issues. We just quit communicating. See, sin will take you further than what you've wanted to go and keep you longer than you've ever wanted to stay. Cain, instead of being godly and repentive, instead of saying, Lord, I'm done, I'm sorry, he's ticked off. And let's be honest, how many of you get ticked off when you get caught in a sin? Listen, listen, you get mad, now you've been busted. But you're mad at everybody else. <coughs> I, got a, I got a young man on the back row. He's stretching out back there. Rawson, I love to watch Rawson sing on the platform. I just do. You say, well, you're biased. I am. I love to. I took a picture of him this morning. I took a picture Thursday night while he was doing it. I've got a picture in my office that Jake took of him praising. And Jake put it in a frame for me and brought it to me. I love to watch Rawson praise Jesus. But do you know what? If you catch Rawson in something, you know what old Rawson will do? He's like rubber. It deflected right off of me and stuck to you. He will be quick to make it someone else's problem and get furious at the fact that you would call him on it. You think I'm kidding. Listen, he's a great young man. I don't know how. I'm just telling you, his mom has done wonders with him because I'm screwing him up, but his mom's doing great. He is a great young man. He really is. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about what God is doing in that young man's life. I really am. But if you catch him in something, I'm telling, Rawson, come here. It'd be easier if you just sat on the front row, son. You wouldn't have to walk as far. I'm going to see if I can get him to give you the look that he has whenever he gets in trouble. Come here. Quit your smiling. All right. Now I can either tell him what you have done or you can just give me the look. It's your call. There it is. Do you see that? Listen, when, when he gets busted and he knows it, 
And I say, all right, son, right there, give me the empty chair. Give me the empty chair. Come on. Now, he's smiling right now, but at home he ain't smiling when he does it. He's mad, but it was something he did. He got busted, he, he, but he got mad. And you know who usually suffers the brunt of his madness? Who is it? Me. No, no. When you get mad, who do you attack? You. Not me. Who do you attack? Oh. What's, what's his name? Canaan. Ah. He just does. Because he gets mad and to someone else. Cain got mad. He didn't own it. Hey, church people do the same thing, just so you know. Just so you know. Cain got mad. He did not own it. He attacked his brother. If he was being godly, he would what? He would have repented, owned it, been sorrowful. Right? He wouldn't have been violent. But he was. Number four. What's your life say about the condition of your heart? Are you a Cain? Or are you an Abel? See, are you a Cain... Are you sitting there in your seat right now furious that I'm even, that I would have the audacity? That's a big word. I couldn't spell it at all, but I got someone that can spell it for me if I need to spell it. Miss Charlotte's right over here. She will correct my spelling faster than anybody. That's the teacher in her coming out. And as long as she's correcting my spelling, not hit me with a ruler, I'm okay with it. Are you a cane that you get, you're like, you're upset. I can't believe the preacher would even talk about this. But what business it is of his if I give or I don't give or what I give? That's between me and God. I'm just telling you, God wrote it in the Bible. For us to help each other, to disciple each other. So you get mad all you want, but that tells me a lot about the condition of your heart. My question to you is, what is the condition of your heart? Are you giving God the first fruits? You say, oh, preacher, we must re be being bad financial shit. That you're Listen, we're floating. We're doing okay. We could be better, but we ain't sinking. Right? We've had Jordan faith. We've had water up to our nostrils. We had straw stuck in them so we could breathe. It looked funny around here for a while. I'm not doing this because I, I think, hey, we need more money. I'm doing this because, hey, I care enough about you to say, hey, if you want God to bless your life, you have to give Him your life. You have to give Him your money. You have to give Him your time. Well, Saturday's preacher is the only day I have off. And? Well, preacher, I can't push a lawnmower. You're right. Man, I'm okay with that. You can't. You come clean some glass. You might be able to push a vacuum cleaner. Well, if people would just call me. Did you know that we've had signs posted in the bathrooms? In the bathrooms for better than a year. What do I need to call you for? 
See, it's, it's not between me and you. It's between you and God. God wants to know, are you going to give him your time, your talents, and your treasure? We have people here that are talented in areas. We have some new signage that's in the process of being made at some point. We just got measurements because we have two people that are very talented in that area, and they offered to do it. Well, maybe I guilted them a little bit, but they did. They're doing it. We, we, you have talents. There's some of you that are so talented that you're afraid that if we ever find out about it, then there's some of you who say, well, preacher, I, I'll do something. What, what do you want me to do? I want you to do like this old lady uh, I heard in a revival one time. She, the preacher was preaching, and he's going at it, and she's on the front row and just stoic. And she got up at the very end of the service and walked up to the preacher. She said, I'd like to say something. Okay. She said, I, I want to repent today, and I want to repent in front of all of you today. I'm thinking, this is about to get good, right? Because, I mean, she looks like my grandma. What's she going to repent for? She said, I want to repent of doing nothing, and I want to start doing something. It's very easy for us to come in and sit down in these chairs. It's very easy. Last several weeks, the preacher's been shutting up earlier, and we've been getting out sooner. It's very easy just to go. Very easy to say, I put my money in, I'm good. I've done my thing. But God doesn't just want your money. He wants your time. That's why we're doing small groups, because we want, we want to redevelop the family. There's people in here that don't know other people. Been coming a year. They don't know other people. So we want to develop that. We want people to see each other outside of this place. We want to be the church. We need your treasure, yes. We want your time and your talents more, though. What's your life say about the condition of your heart? One last thing, and you can write this down off the screen. Giving God our best is a reflection of our relationship with Him. If we don't think much of Him and what He's done, we're probably not going to give easily or generously. Giving God our best is a reflection of our relationship with Him. If we don't think much of Him and what He's done, we're probably not going to give easily or generously. You don't tell people about Jesus. Why? Because you forgot what you were. We don't give to God. Why? Because we've forgotten what he's done. I sat with a man yesterday at his office. I posted several weeks ago on Facebook to be praying for us for provision, and we've not shared a whole bunch of anything because we're, we're still trying to get doctor's appointments for Joy and trying to figure out some of that stuff. No, she's not pregnant, so all you guys can stay that one. Uh, but So we don't know what's going on yet. But I, I posted for provision because we, we are self-paced. We, we have to pay for the doctor when we go. And she needs some tests, and so we knew it was not going to be cheap. Um, 
so I just said, God, you, you know, you have to provide. So for the last two weeks, uh, if I've been relatively unattainable, if I've been, uh, seem like I'm overly busy, I have been for two weeks. Um, I, I was at a friend's business and rebuilt a 12 by 60 foot deck and then pressure washed, I don't know, a ton of stuff. And you say, well, why'd you do that? Provision. Because I needed extra resources to be able to pay for this stuff for my wife. And God provided provision. So I had someone who constantly, every time he looks at me or talks to me on the phone, he says, how's that provision? Or he'll call me up and say, hey, da-da-da-da-da-da. Well, you said you needed provision. And you know what? He was right. But as I sat in this man's office yesterday... He began to tell me, and I know his story, but he began to tell me 30 years ago before he started his, his company how they had just lost their house, how their cars had been repoed, how he had nothing. And he walked into a Sunday school class, first time, just found out actually that his wife was pregnant with the youngest daughter, and he had just, got, had just gotten fired from the job that had insurance. So now he had nothing. Walked into a Sunday school class in a church that I won't tell you where. As he sat down with the Sunday school class, they began to share and not sharing as out of hoping that people would do anything, just sharing because they felt like they needed to share and these people seemed to care. They did that and went to the service. After the service, some people grabbed him and said, hey, can you come back to the Sunday school class with us? Yeah, and this is probably exactly how, yeah. They walked back to Sunday school class, and when they walked in the Sunday, almost everyone from that Sunday school class was in there. And they said, hey, we, we had a meeting after you left, and we want you to know that we've decided amongst us right here that we're going to pay for insurance for you for a year. And you know what? The man has never forgotten it. And he uses his resources not because they're his, but because God put them in his hands to use to take care of other people. You have resources in your hands. God has given you resources to help take care of others. And I don't tell you that so you can take care of me. I'm, I'm not asking for a dime. I promise you I'm not. I'm telling you that God's giving you stuff, and it's more blessed to give it away than to hoard it. Amen. You can't outgive them. Giving God our best as a reflection of our relationship with Him. If we don't think much of Him and what He's done for us, then we're probably not going to give easily or generously. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You for this day. And God, we thank You, Father, for Your Word, for Your Bible. God, for the preserving of it, the inspiration of it. God, we thank You that You... You looked upon us, Father, and you told us in the book of John that if we'll believe, Father, that we will have the power to be called the children of God. God, we thank you for your son Jesus who died upon the cross, who left his home in heaven and came to earth for us. To live as a man and then die a death that wasn't his, stay buried three days and rose from the grave victorious, conquering the world. God, we thank you that we can pray to you now through the Holy Spirit that lives within us if we're your child. God, we don't have to go somewhere else. We can have direct communication. 
Father, giving money and talents and time is one of those things that's just hard for people to do. Giving of our first fruit, Father, is hard sometimes to be able to do. But God, we want to be able to give because you gave to us. God, you gave everything. And Father, you're asking for a portion of stuff back. So Father, we pray right now, God, that you will just work on our hearts. God, I pray that if there are people in here today who don't know you as their Lord and Savior, God, I pray that they wouldn't leave this room until they come and talk. God, I pray that they would make sure that they nail down their salvation. Father, if there's people in here who've not been giving their first fruit to you, God, I pray that they would, Father, have a repentant heart and get right with you. And God, not let this thing carry on further than what it needs to go. God, again, we pray for Brenda and Alex. God, we pray that you'll give them the ultimate strength. God, that you'll give them ultimate grace and mercy. And Father, as Tom prayed earlier, God, that you will use this for your glory. And God, if, he, if only one person comes to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, Father, it's been well worth it. But God, I pray that you'll give us strength too as we walk with them through this. God, bind us together as a family. Father, we, we cast out the enemy. He has no place here. God, I pray that we would get our hearts right, Father, that relationships could be restored. Father, that we could get back to just loving you and loving people. Father, we thank you for this day. It's in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen, you're dismissed.